0: Lauren, I'm excited for today's show. We've got, well, he's a chef. He's a beer guy. He's got a new place in town. We're going to find out all about it. And um, another thing about him, He's sitting right behind me. It's Derek McClintock.
1: How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, yeah. What a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for waking up at the crack of 9 a.m. to get in here. No, <laughs> no worries. I know you restaurant and beer people probably keep late hours. but Well, you know, with the diner, we're up early
1: because we've got to get that place open by 7. Oh, and you've got kids. You never sleep, right? I try to get a couple hours a night. Well, that's good.
0: At least you're getting a couple. Lauren, I, I won't. I won't stress you right now. You can save your voice. Save your strength. We're going to have a whole great show. I can't wait to find out. Everything. You seem like an interesting guy. Lauren, in the meantime, what do you have to say? We invite you to join
2: Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail,
0: here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, I love welcoming visitors. I love meeting my neighbors. Locals, come on down. Sounds like a real ad, like those salesmen, you know, come on down. We got crazy deals on wine, but we've got good wine. That's for sure. That's what it's all about. Visiting information is at www.judshill.com. What do you say? While people are online, they can see some of our fun videos. They can uh, check out the events we have. They could even put some wine in their shopping cart. And I, I say, let's give them a deal. Just for
2: being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get fifteen percent off your entire wine order.
0: Now that's a good deal, Lauren. What do you think? Should we should we go better? I'm really turning on the uh the, the car salesman TV ad here now. Can we do better than that? Actually, we could. Oh, that's great. Tell them how. You can join the
2: you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, uh, day or night, whether it be 2 o'clock in the afternoon or, heck, even at 1 o'clock in the morning.
0: This is true. It's, it's online. It's free to join. You're guaranteed all our wines, invitations to parties and events. It's just a good time. Um, I'd love to welcome you to the winery as a member of the wine club and sharing some good times together. And now, enjoy the show. Good
1: thing we weren't live.
0: Judd's Napa Valley Show.
2: Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkle fun. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Wine and friends make a great blend. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mull and here's your host... Judd Finkelstein! Good morning, Lauren
0: Mole. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing fine, Judd. How about you?
0: I'm great. Great. Another beautiful day in Napa Valley. Yeah, it is. Every day is a beautiful day in Napa Valley, but today it's clear, it's sunny, it's crisp, it's cold. There was ice on the windshield, but it's just, it's gorgeous. Well, We've all got our sweaters on. And and the ice is slowly starting to melt away. That's right, and here comes the sun.
2: That's right. What's going on in your world? Well, gosh, I've, I've been working a lot at Knob Hill.
0: Right? Yeah, holidays, uh, making it extra busy over there. Are you having yeah. to be extra courteous as a courtesy clerk? Yes, I am. And can you can you give me an example of uh, a bit of your courtesy right now? If I walked into Knob Hill, how would you be courteous to me? Hi there, sir. Can I help you find anything? Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. And you, too, can have that experience <laughs> if you go see Lauren Mole as courtesy clerk at Knob Hill Foods right here in Napa. 611 Tranker Street. Okay, now, um, they, how much do they owe us for that plug? I'll have our sales department call them. <laughs> that's the new thing in radio. You pre-sell the ads just by doing them and then go collect. I like that. It's like people who wash your window when you don't ask, and then they just ask you for money. That I think that's our that's our new model here at KVON. It's not. I have no authority to say that. Anything else going on? <laughs> uh, well, uh,
2: we have a special performance tonight with the uh – Napa Valley Voices, led by Cindy Skinner tonight at the, at the Meadows.
0: Now, is this – last time you did this, it was a private affair, and the public not, – I'm not saying they weren't welcome, but it, it was really just for the residents there. It wasn't like people – It's only for them. the residents. Ah! So,
2: once again, the public is not cordially invited to <laughs> attend.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for bringing it up. Um, but you're a tease, man. I want to come see you sing one of these days. Are, are there any public performances in the, in the works?
2: Uh, not at the moment, but uh, I'll I'll keep you posted.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, so so what's been going on with you, Judd? Well uh um, You look
2: very festive today.
0: Oh yeah oh yeah. Yes. I am um I'm wearing this is called the Gimelman sweater. It's like a a varsity letter sweater, but it's got a dreidel motif for Hanukkah. Tonight's the first night of Hanukkah it's ah, off. yes. off. And uh, we just had the Hanukkah Hootenanny at Judd's Hill, which was fantastic. Raised some money for a community health initiative, Napa County, which ensures that all of our residents here in our community have access to health care and health insurance. And you can find out more about them at uh, NapaCHI.org. And I haven't been wearing this since Sunday. It's now Tuesday morning. But I put it on again because I'm going to do a presentation at a school. Ask for a little Hanukkah presentation so i've got dreidels in my pocket i got my ukulele in the car we're going to sing a little dreidel dreidel and uh just kind of talk about what it's what it's all about so that's why i'm festive thank you and you look all bundled up to the cold i've got some exciting news this coming new year's eve my band the maikai gents who does the old-time hawaiian music show will be the featured act for new year's eve at trader vicks in emeryville so if anybody's looking to uh Have a little road trip down to, well, down to Emeryville. Trader Vic's is beautiful. If you haven't been there, it's right on the water. You look out at the boats. It's the birthplace of the Mai Tai in 1944, so you can get an original recipe, delicious Mai Tai made perfectly. And then um, kick off the new year with a little uh, zippy luau in the Mai Kai Gents. We will be there. There's plenty of hotels nearby if you want to spend the night and make an evening of it. Come on down. Also, next April, it's the Judd's Hill wine cruise, we've done Bordeaux, we've done Alaska and British Columbia. Next year it's a luxury paddle wheeler from New Orleans to Memphis on the Mississippi River. I'm super excited. It's going to include a hotel the night before in New Orleans. It's going to include a welcome aboard party, a couple wine events on board, a wine dinner on board, a goodbye party, excursions in every port of call along the way. Tons of fun April 15th through 23rd. Information on that is at Judshill.com, Click on the events and you'll see that and every other cool thing that we do. So come along. All aboard. Sounds great. Yes, indeed. I think, I think I've done enough talking about me and you. Let's meet our guest, shall we?
2: Sure, Judd. Great. This maestro of brew without peer has come to make it all clear that Derek McClintock's the dude who can razzle-dazzle with food But today, the story's about
0: beer. (laughs) Ah-ha! Derek McClintock. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Doing well. Great. You are a very talented man. (laughs) 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 Tell us all about it. No, I'll give you a, a quick introduction. You are a Napa native. Correct. You are a trained chef. Correct. You are a brewer, a I, Somewhat. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that. You're a businessman. For sure. And what really piqued my interest to bring you here today, you've now opened up Napa Valley's newest tap room, Trade Brewing, yes, over sir. there in the Oxbow District. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, lots of fun and exciting stuff going on. But yeah, we opened the tap room. It's been just about a month now. Yeah, and things are going very well. We're excited to be downtown. Um, We love Napa. Um, We love downtown specifically as it's you know starting to grow and flourish a little bit, and we just love being a part of it.
0: That's very cool. It's very cool and and a thriving and exciting part of it. Let's back up a little bit. All right, you mentioned Napa native, born and raised,
1: born and raised. Uh, uh, Had a small hiatus uh, for about three years. My wife and I when the housing market was booming, you know, just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, took, took a little trip over to Solano County for a few years, yes. um, but, but made our way back after, after about three years once my son was
0: born. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. It's a great place to uh, raise a kid, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, so give, give me the whole pedigree, which, you know, high school. Sure. You know, <laughs> sure. you got to know this type of stuff. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Napa High, graduated right. in 95. Right. Um, which is kind of sad because, well, that's not sad, but we live in the vintage school district now. Oh, and so my son will be a freshman next year, um, oh. and so so he'll be at Vintage. So that'll be the first uh, break. But my dad was a was an Apache Indian. Uh, both my brother and I went there, um, and so my son
0: and daughter will now break that mold. But no kidding. And how are you feeling about that? Are you going to do like a I don't know what they call them, the the intra district transfer or something like that to <laughs> continue the legacy? No no, no, no. We think
1: both high schools here in town are are doing a great job. Okay, um, good. so
0: no. Okay, and that's gonna not going to create problems when it comes time to the big game. Oh no! When big game comes, it'll it'll be it'll
1: be a little tension in the house for sure.
0: <laughs> you won't switch over, you know, to support your son, and no.
1: You know, he's a my son's a swimmer, and and is oh. potentially talking about taking up water polo as well. So, uh, you you may see me with a, a Crusher's shirt or sweatshirt okay. on at some time. But you got,
0: I mean, you are a parent. I think <laughs> I think that's that has got to take precedent, right? For sure. if your kids on the team. I come from a mixed marriage myself. My okay. dad was a USC guy. My mom was a UCLA. Oh, man. Yeah. That's brutal. It, it, it could have been, but they were really good about it. They just decided, I think, I don't know if it was for my sake as the kid to, to eliminate strife in the family, but growing up, they actually didn't really pay a lot of attention to either, so, either so what, school sports. So. Which
1: way did you end up leaning then? Or, 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 You know,
0: I went to another, at that time, Pac-10 school. I, I attended the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Telecommunication at Arizona State University. Oh, okay. So I think there was just this unspoken understanding that we just didn't get into it. Like, you know, when sports time came around, whatever it was, if one of our teams was playing one of the other teams. And actually, my mom started at Cal and then oh, transferred wow. down. So the three of us represented four Pac-10 teams. That's crazy. And yet we got through it. Just fine all right <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, uh, a yeah, Napa high with kids soon to be going to. Vintage High. Vintage High. Yeah, yeah. And you're dealing with that just
1: fine. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. And my wife went to Justin Siena, so she's just kind of oh, staying okay. out of it. Yeah, right.
0: Got it. Okay, so she's a local as well. Yep. All right, so what was your background like? I mean, you, you did train as a chef. Was, was your family into the uh, culinary arts, or what, what, were, what were they up to? What was your growing up in Napa like?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I you know, pretty pretty normal childhood. You know, we grew up out in Browns Valley. We've mm-hmm. got an older brother, and, and you know, we just kind of hung around and, and did our thing. And, and you know... Did, did things that kids did back in those days when there wasn't much going on in Napa, which is, you know, fine trouble here and there, but n- nothing too crazy. You ever um, get brought in front of a judge or anything never, like that? No? Never brought in front of a judge. No, nothing okay. more than a speeding ticket. Okay, uh, okay. But, yeah, and, and I mean, I graduated high school. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Oddly enough, my my grandfather and my father and my brother at the time and and he still is all work for the u.s postal service oh. and so my brother's third generation postal service so i did a year at the post office and was just kind of like man this is this is definitely not for me and so i just went to work found a good job actually working for uh for what's now my in-laws mm-hmm. for a transportation company i took that job you know early on and and worked my way up through the company was was director of operations for for a while but found something else was calling me i just I wasn't into it. It was a job I sort of took out of necessity, and mm-hmm. you know, a decade later, I sort of find myself self still there, just wondering, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. I need, I need something else. I need, I need fulfillment. I need to feel, you know, passionate about what I'm doing.
0: That's important. Yeah, absolutely. It and gives you purpose.
1: And so I was in my you know early 30s at the time. Both my kids were born. They were young, you know, three and four, three and five, I think at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically went home and I told my wife. I said, Look, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I got to do something else. And she looked me square in the eyes and she said, quit. Do and something else. And this
0: is her family's company you're talking yeah. about.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and good for
0: her. That's – that's you know, she understood and she was being supportive. She and did. Hopefully the family understood as well.
1: Yeah. And they did. They did. We worked some things out. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to have a little bit of a stake in the company at the time. Mm. Um, so walked away with a little bit of money. Um, <laughs> just had some time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, took about six months off. Stayed home with my daughter. She was not at school yet. So that was – challenging but fun sure <laughs> but i realized i wanted to to go back to school i never i never went to college and so i started from scratch started taking some night classes out at the jc but realized you know i needed to work as well to get through that process so i found the culinary school up in san Elena through the college um it's about a year program always liked cooking um something
0: yeah, and quite a renowned program too they yeah did fantastic work up
1: there the chef up there is is phenomenal chef barbara she's she's great Lauren, former
0: guest on our show, remember? That's right. You know, I, and I actually went there once a couple of years ago. That's right. She invited you to come uh, do the, the, the special luncheon that they put on. Yeah, she did. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So I finished that program, started working at a, at a restaurant downtown Napa. I think you guys are probably familiar with it, a no tree. Sure. And so I basically worked, worked in restaurants and did some catering and, and stuff like that while I finished up my degree, which I finished just a few years ago. Yeah, and then I and then I met the the infamous J B Lemur. Sure, that's a that's a whole other story. Okay, don't don't get
0: into that quite yet because we're definitely getting there. <sighs> J B wasn't feeling comfortable to come on the radio, but no. we're, J B, if you're listening, we're going to talk about you, but that's coming up. <laughs> um, now, when you were at Napa Valley Cooking School, was there a particular uh, focus? I, were you trained in some particular? It's a it's a discipline of cooking.
1: No, it's a broad program. Okay. It it has it's just like any other school, so there's there's different, you know, sections and focuses that you work on throughout the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that always interested me was butchery and charcuterie uh-huh. and things like that, which is kinda how I ended up at a no tree because they were you know very much at the forefront of, of you know, doing that stuff and doing it in house, which I
0: was very interested in. I think the maybe one of the best tongues I ever tasted. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the food that tastes you back was at Inotria dinner there once, and they did all kinds of delicious things with all kinds of odd oh. cuts. Kurt- Curtis is a And it might genius. have been you who <clears throat> prepped that tongue. Who potentially, knows? Potentially.
1: Potentially. <laughs> yeah. But no, Curtis DeFady, who I think is also another uh, guest on your show Yes, some point. he has been. No, Curtis really took me under his wing. You know, I was sort of, at the time, when you think about it, I was 33 years old, which is basically considered a, a the old guy in the yeah, kitchen at you're the time. you are a grandpa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. So
1: I'm working around, you know, these 20, 21-year-old guys. And so Curtis kind of, I think he recognized that, but he liked me for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Took me under his wing, you know, sort of taught me, you know, everything he had to offer when it came to, to butchery and, and nice. yeah, let me take over the Salumi program for the last couple years I was there. And it was great. I learned a lot and, and always look back at that time as, you know, being something that, that
0: I pull from now. That's wonderful. And... And you were there for some time, and then you you got into the pizza business. Yeah,
1: well, as you guys know, I mean, if you're a local, and no tree, uh, phenomenal pizza. Yeah, it actually, I remember the first time I had wood fired pizza. I don't think I'd ever had it before I worked there. At least nothing that was memorable, and I remember the first pizza I had there, it was just a margarita pizza, but I remember taking that first bite and thinking, whoa, there's something else going on here.
0: That's all it takes. You know, that's how you can judge. The simplest thing. It's like how they say you can judge a chef just by a, a simple roast chicken. Yeah. You don't have to get absolutely. too fancy. A pizza margarita, you could get a sense of of the dough, the sauce, the integration of the cheese, how it's been cooked. It's all right there.
1: It really is and it's it's really about simplicity. You know, if you order pizza or go out a lot, you'll see that people overcomplicate it at times, you know, mm-hmm. too many toppings. And and pizza napolitana, which is the style that, that they cook there at a no it's very much about the dough and, and you know, the recipe for the dough and, and the fermentation and all that. That's where a lot of character and flavor comes from.
0: Do you mind if we just derail just for a second? Sure. Can you explain pizza napolitana? Because this is very important to pizza connoisseurs to have this it's like an accreditation basically it is and
1: and i'm not by no means i'm not an expert on it um i i do know there are certain criteria that you have to meet and you can get a certification only to um, call it this to call it that and so sometimes that's why you'll hear a lot of times people say in the style of because maybe they're not they don't have that that certification but honestly you know i i don't know for me
0: if the pizza tastes good, that's what's important. <laughs> if you have the certification and the pizza doesn't taste good, you know. I say that almost every day at the winery. People ask, well, what makes it a good wine? Do you like it? Yeah. and does it tastes good? There is no more to it. Do you that's like it? it? It makes it good. But I know this is a big deal, and the, 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 the oven has to be a certain way, and it has to be seasoned a certain number of hours, and the crust has to – I don't know. I mean, I'm – it, I know that's the gist of it but I don't really know the details it's a I very don't. minimalist approach right so the yeah. dough
1: can only contain certain ingredients you know your your my understanding again I'm not an expert so hopefully I don't misspeak here but you know the cheese is is you know mozzarella buffalo mozzarella it's just uh uh Simple, you know, San Marzano tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. So it's just very, very simple. You you won't see, you know, crazy ingredients usually and things like that. It's just very authentic, you know, ingredients that you would find in Naples.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, there's some homework for listeners. If they yeah. really want to know, you can uh, get online and uh, look up Pizza Napolitano or uh, – Anotri had the accreditation? I don't think Anotri has has the certification.
1: Yeah, it was more in the style of. Got it. But again, I know uh, there's a couple other restaurants that I know have the certification, and they make great pizza, but... Sometimes at the detriment, maybe, of retaining the certification, <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. kind of limits what you, can, yeah. what you can do. There you go.
0: But somehow you were inspired
1: by this pizza. Absolutely. Um, so, so, you know, I, when I left the no Tree, I was still kind of figuring out my way and, and where I wanted to end up. And I got an opportunity to buy a wood-fired pizza oven that was mounted on a trailer. Yeah. And so it was super cool. And so I just started doing some catering. Did some some uh, wine release parties, wedding rehearsals, uh, some birthday parties, things like that. But it was super fun, and it, it helped me, you know, during while I was trying to finish up my my schooling. It was flexible in the hours and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But ultimately, I knew that I wanted to do something more brick and mortar. Got um, it. In the long run, yes. Yeah. So you no
0: longer have that oven? I do not. Okay. Yeah.
1: JB curses me every day for selling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet
0: he, because he's told me he wants to set something up like that. The Forno Rosso has yeah. moved on. It's gone. All right. Okay. So we can get to JB. Is this about the time in the story? Absolutely. I think, I think it right. is. All right. You meet this guy. Yeah, so so me and actually a,
1: it was a sous chef that I worked with at a no tree. We're potentially looking at starting our own place, something that was focused on beer and food and sort of bringing the two of those together. We didn't really feel like Napa had anything like that. JB had or was working on opening Jack's White Meal Diner, which is right there on First Street. And we were looking at the space next door that formerly housed um, Bistro Sabor. Yes. So he saw us coming in and out of there, and so he walked over and just introduced himself. And again, Jax wasn't open yet at the time, but we met, made a connection. He actually helped us. Uh, He he gave us some advice. We were still trying to, you know, we were still in contention for the space with a couple other other potential um, um, restaurants, and so he he helped us out a little bit. Ultimately, we ended up not getting the the spot, you know, which probably turned out to be a blessing because we were. We were way underfunded, I'm sure, and mm. and, and you know might have been disaster.
0: <laughs> they they tell me it takes a lot of lot of dough to get into the restaurant business. It does, it does.
1: Yeah. So fast forward. So we kind of lost touch. Fast forward. You know, six months. JB gets Jacks open and was looking to bring somebody on to help run the day to day operations. Mm. I ran into him, I think, at the Little League field. Both of our kids were playing ball, and he invited me in for a cup of coffee. And and so we just got to chatting. And, yeah, long story short, we kind of worked out a deal for me to come on as a a partner in the business. Um, And so I think I took over operations sometime late 2014, and things have been good there ever since, yeah.
0: And it's a great spot. You know, I'm in there from time to time to get my uh – Benny, your benedict. guys yeah. make a good hollandaise over. Yeah, there. eggs benedict. Yeah. Yeah. And different styles. I like the um the smoked salmon one. It's yeah. one I seem to gravitate. Great hash browns. Cool. Good coffee. You guys got it dialed in. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. we just we felt like Napa was lacking in, in a good breakfast spot downtown Gilwood's unfortunately had just went out of business um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So we feel like there's a hole in the market and it's been a good reception. You know, the locals, the locals love us. We get a lot of repeat customers and, and obviously the tourists, you know, will 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 find us from, from time to time. And so yeah. we love them as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right there, uh, on the square. Yeah. At, uh, Keep wanting to call it the clock tower square, but the if clock tower has not been there for how long? That's what I refer to it as. You
1: know, I always say, oh, yeah, we're right there in the clock tower. People always give me this funny look like I have
0: no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. That's how you know you and I are old timers. And I'm older yeah. than you are, and I, but we're both old timers. What do they call it? And that's called... Uh, I think the uh, official name is the Dwight Murray D- D- Plaza. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Dwight Murray Plaza there. So Jax, J-A-X. Correct. And that's kind of cool. I... I I realize that has a bit of a connection to something I'm interested in, which is cocktail culture. Yeah. You guys don't serve cocktails at the moment. Yet. At the moment. But the idea was to have this kind of speakeasy vibe. And so Jacks and White Mule – you want to give a little sure. bit of the history of why it's called that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So JB uh, is a bit of a prohibition. I don't know if I'd call him a buff, but he's he's definitely interested in that time period. Yeah. So yeah, he had kind of a, a, a kooky idea, I think, in the beginning that it would be sort of this breakfast joint by day and maybe more like a speakeasy kind of idea at night. Yeah. Didn't really pan out that way, but the name uh, White Mule, as he explains it, is is a term you would use, you know, back during Prohibition, if you went to a restaurant or you know some kind of establishment and you were looking to order an alcoholic beverage, you would you would order it
0: as a white mule. That's a code word. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you would yeah. incriminate yourself, right? And if they said, "Sir, we have no idea what you're talking about," I'm like, never mind, I'll, never mind, orange juice. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> gotcha. And Jax has a historical. Jax uh, has. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it historical.
1: Um, no, it's more of a maybe a. a a fable, <laughs> a fable, yeah, a
0: fabled footnote. Okay. Uh, uh,
1: Jack, Uncle Jack, uh, was a was a uh, uh, a gentleman around during those times who used to get high off his own supply, so to speak, <laughs> uh, and so so became known as the town. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can say the word on there, but Jack, you know, the mule basically version of that. I see, which didn't make for a great name for a restaurant, uh, right, right, so, right, 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 right. So so hence
0: came Jack's White Mule. Diner. Got it. Thank you. Yes. Worse has been said on this station, at least during my show. <laughs> Nobody's been come running in. So, you know, if something slips, we'll see. It could be a great experiment. Yeah. Maybe you could be the first one. To... Anyhow. If you're giving me the green <laughs> light <life> here. <laughs> you know, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break and we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> We've got Derek McClintick from Jack's White Mule Diner, Trade Brewing, on and on. The guy's got a lot of experiences here in town. We're going to keep talking um, soon.
2: You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone's a fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Northern California and streaming live around the world at KVON.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show.
0: Thanks, Lauren Mole. Our guest today, Derek McClintick, of Jack's White Mule Diner and the brand new Trade Brewing Tap Room over there in the Oxbow. Really excited to hear about this. So when you let actually, by the way, what is this? What did you bring here? What what have you got?
1: What did I bring for you?
0: Yeah, you, oh, you have a very. Before I ask you another question, I have that question. This is very <laughs> odd and intriguing looking, and it looks like it's a. It uh, looks like I might get stopped at security if I. Yeah, it's yeah,
1: a it's a, uh, a performance sauna suit. Uh, what? Yeah. What is and that? And I don't know if this will work for you because it says it only fits waist sizes 30 to
0: 38. Um, yeah, I'm just about – is that for weight loss or something? You know – Because I don't need that either. I'm like the one guy that the doctor says, you, uh, Mr. Finkelstein, you need to get more <laughs> calories in your diet. You know, it says weight loss here in the bottom, but I got to be honest with you, I have
1: no clue what this thing is for. I found it in a spare room of my house this morning.
0: (laughs) Do you need to ask family members before you give this away? No, no, it's it's an heirloom, and the uh, the
1: beauty is it hasn't been used, which I think is a good thing because I feel like you're (laughs) going to sweat quite a bit in it.
0: Okay, yeah. So, do you mind if I? I I don't want to. I don't want to seem ungrateful. I don't think that's something I could use. I appreciate you bringing me a gift. Do you mind if I open this up and see if somebody would like? Not at all. (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Gold's Gym brand performance sauna suit, and it looks like a bit, if you've seen that movie uh, Pulp Fiction, you you can go next Halloween as, I believe the character's name is The Gimp. Um, I, <laughs> so, <believe> so. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to give this away, in fact. <laughs> get it out of my sight. That's a little creepy. No, but I, I guess it's for weight loss. You get in it. You sweat. I'm sure it's wonderful. Yeah, fits waist size, 30 to 38. It can be yours. Dear listener, if you are the first person to tweet, get on Twitter. If you're at in the office, at home, get on Twitter. If you're on your uh, mobile device, be sure you're not driving. Pull over and be the first person to tweet um, with the hashtag, what is it? It's JNVS. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. Lauren is mouthing it over to me. Uh, JNVS hashtag JNVS stands for Judd's Napa Valley show. And you can put at Judd's Hill. So I see it immediately. I'll bring this back to, uh, the tasting room at Judd's Hill and the, and whoever the winner is, you can come by and uh, pick up your <laughs> brand new performance <laughs> sauna suit compliments of Derek McClintock. thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. All right, so you kind of hesitated when I said you're a brewer, but I know you've been into beer for a very long time. Have you not taught brewing with with the in, in conjunction with the cooking school? Or so if I forgot my story? No, the no, next you're, step you you've or? got it right. So okay. I've been a
1: home brewer for you know, gosh, going on probably 20 years. Um, you know, kind of in and out of home brewing, and and been drinking craft beer you know, really since I turned 21, maybe a little bit before Yeah, yeah, come on, get my dates mixed up there. (laughs) No, it's just, uh, and and so I was a, I was a home brewer for a while. Uh, one of the things that the cooking school does is they do, they're called food enthusiast classes. So they're separate from the culinary school program, but they're for the public. You can sign up. I've I've taken many. I love them. Yeah, they do a great job. And so chef Barbara had contacted me, I think I, after I had graduated, she knew I was a brewer and knew I was into beer and asked me if I would be interested in teaching like a beginner class on, on home brewing, So I taught that class. We had a good time, and, and it was a lot of fun. But from a commercial brewing standpoint, I, I personally uh, don't have – I have very minimal experience on I that see. side. And, and so that's that was the hesitation, I guess. I see. Yeah.
0: I see. So you, you definitely know what you're doing. But as far as trade brewing goes, you are not the, the master brewer –
1: no. So we actually, I have a, a couple buddies who have been in the, the brewing world for quite a while. They've been commercial brewers, professional brewers. I think between the three of them, they've got close to 30, 35 years of experience. So, so I leaned on them. You know, we, we got on the phone. They're not local guys anymore. We got on the phone and, and had some conversations and basically they just started asking me questions. You know, we, we would talk about, you know, I tell them I want to, I want a recipe for, you know, X style. And so we'd sit down and, and talk about that and kind of go over, you know, what the recipe is going to look like and things like that. And and then, you know, we developed that together.
0: Got it. Got it. And the, the beer is great. You've been um, you've, you've opened up now and yep. you're on First Street. If you're heading from the downtown area on First Street towards Oxbow, you, you cross Soskel and you're the first house on the right. Correct. There's, a, there's an empty lot on the corner, and then there's a house, and that house is where Trade Brewing is. Yep. And you have how many beers going right now?
1: Right now, I think we've got eight on draft. Um, we've got enough room, I think, to get us up to 14. So it'll take a little time to, to get it completely full. Yeah. But yeah, that's the plan.
0: Is there a philosophy behind beers?
1: Absolutely. You know, like I said, I've been drinking craft beer for a long time, and I've, I've watched a lot of trends, you know, come and go. Some, you know, hang around longer than others. Um, but ultimately, you know, what we wanted to do was to brew beer that was very approachable by everyone you know whether you're new to craft beer or you've been drinking it you know for for a long time beers that were classic in style but still exciting exciting to drink and and you know pair with food a lot of breweries right now are are being very innovative um using you know unique ingredients things that maybe weren't you know you wouldn't think that were used in beer, and they're making some great beers. There's some phenomenal beers out there, and I and I love experimenting and exploring when I go to other breweries and, and tasting other things.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're often talked about on and tasted and discussed on the the beer guys, the beer nuts yeah. show. Which in
1: fact that day we tasted a cucumber yeah. mint Kolsch that day, <laughs> um, which wasn't our none of our it was none of our favorite beers. But so not to say we won't do some fun styles and do some seasonal beers and some one offs and things like that. But I think our goal was to just make. Really good beer that was sort of classic to the style that was approachable by everybody.
0: There's nothing two-way out there. You know, I've been in now several times, either by myself or I bring friends in, and everyone enjoys. And you you look through uh, the selections, and there isn't the cucumber mint, and there isn't the spiced raisin pumpkin, whatever. These are all beers that I, as somebody who enjoys beer but maybe is not an expert, but I recognize. Yep. I can figure out what it means when I'm reading the menu.
1: Yeah, and that was our goal. I mean, okay. we we have an IPA, you know, it's our best seller. IPAs are, are you know, pretty hot right now and have been for a while and probably will be for a while. So when we sat down to make our IPA, you know, we we didn't we didn't feel the need to go over the top with it. Let's just make a really good IPA, yeah. something that we'd want to sit down and drink. Um, and it's it's worked very well. It's been our best-selling beer and people that have come in that said, "Oh, I'm not an IPA drinker." and we'll give them a taste of it and they'll I'll end up ordering a
0: glass of it. Now, is that the hatchet, the mallet? Yeah, the hatchet. That, that's the hatchet. That's yeah. what I had. I think a little one of those yep. uh, the other night, and it's it it is delicious. I mean, it, it's it's balanced uh, for me. The bitterness is in the in the sweet spot to mix my yep. metaphors, I guess, because some of them get a little overwhelming. And I think we even talked briefly about when I first got into beer. Like growing up, I didn't drink beer. Yeah, because beer to me was, you know, not to throw anyone under the bus, but it was just the the mass. Produce, I'm not saying mass-produced means bad, but it just it 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 was targeted to the broad market. There was no, there was nothing that spoke to me. It was just this kind of, uh, well, you know, it was Budweiser, fizzy Coors, yellow beer, natty light, whatever it was yep. at the party, and it didn't taste good. It was just to me there was, was no bland. character there. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of a snob when it comes to drinking, and for the reason yeah. that I don't like being drunk, so I need to enjoy what it is I'm drinking in order to drink it. So I just I just quit. Not that I ever started, about it, I just wouldn't drink beer. But then when craft beer and particularly IPAs came into fashion, I tried that. I'm like, wow, that tastes good. I like this. And mm-hmm. I started discovering. And now my taste that started with IPAs have now – it seems like have gone backwards. Like now I really appreciate the more subtle, lighter, like a really well-made pilsner mm-hmm. or lager – it doesn't punch you in the face with you know bitterness or these you know overwhelming flavors, but it's just put together well. Yeah, it's got and a I lot sense of sense that of what you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I enjoy a, an IPA as well, but there is something to be said for for a nice pilsner, um, you know, or a Kolsch or a, or a helles, you know, something that's that's very simplistic when it comes to the ingredients. It's not you know the the flavor profile is not this this giant, you know, you know, whatever that that is going to sort of overpower you, it's very crisp and clean, mm-hmm. and you can taste the little nuances mm-hmm. in the beer, which I think is what the intention of, of, you know, big beer was at some point, but then at a certain point, they, they changed their model, you know, to quantity over quality, and it just, you know, how much can we sell? And I'm with you. I, I go back and forth IPA, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, that, that Pilsner sounds really good, but I think that's the beauty yeah. of craft beer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It opens a lot of doors. You know, I, I discovered a lot about my own palate. I never knew... You know, I had, you know, discovering these new beers. Now, you've got some – you've got the main house in the front and then mm-hmm. you've got some space in the back. Are you going to be brewing on premise or is that for other purposes back there? And now it's just – it's occurring to me as I'm saying it. You know, you are a beer maker. You're a Masta pizza maker. With that space back there, you you could make a lot of people's dream weddings come true. You know, the beer and pizza wedding <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah, we actually um we were close to putting a pizza oven in this space. Oh yeah. But man, JB and I must have drawn and up on a napkin, you know, five hundred times and yeah. we just we couldn't get it to fit. So unfortunately no no pizza oven. But yeah, the The building itself is pretty small. The inside, I think it's only about 1,100 square feet. We've got a nice front patio out there on 1st Street, which is great. Yeah. When the sun's shining, you can kind of watch the people walk by and mm-hmm. um, lots of foot traffic. We do have an area out back. And and the plan is, you know, we're working with the city, is to turn that into a beer garden at some point. And so we'll have some additional space, additional outdoor seating out there, hopefully by the springtime.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And, and you've been doing really well. It's been well-received. In a little bit, I want to get into your athleticism, but you're a competitive dude. <laughs> and it's it's working out for you. I mean, this year, uh, you won. Trade Brewing won the 2017 Barbecue and Beer Battle. We did. Beer of the Year. Yeah. And a few years ago, Jax won the 2014 Napa Chili Cookoff. Yes, sir. Wow. Well. That's all I've said. I don't have any follow-up. I'm just saying... Wow. I don't... You know, it's you, funny... You got the golden touch here.
1: I Well, it, it, to be fair, in 2014, the, the Chili no Cook No, no, no. <laughs> okay. That was before I had come on board at Jack, so I don't want to take any credit there. That oh. was JB and his guys. JB right. masterminded that, but either way... You know, but you're uh, the one
0: sitting in front of me, so I'm yeah, yeah. giving you credit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, JB, but... <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> but no, I, I think competitions like that, are they're fun, and, and they're exciting, and it's good for everybody, even if you don't win, you know, it, it gets a group of people out that are interested in something, you know, that are participating in something in these local events. I think it's great, great for business and, and yeah, great for, for people to go out and have a good time.
0: Is that the same chili that is still served at it Jack's? It is,
1: same chili. Right. I mean, not the same batch. Yeah, yeah okay. You know, I was... mean,
0: I know some people like to let it sit and develop flavor, but <laughs> yeah. from 2014? Yeah. Same recipe. And, you know, I didn't even look at the beer selection at Jack's. Is trade available at Jack's? Yes, it is. It is. So yeah. you can have the... Championship chili with the championship beer, right in one there. Sitting,
1: you can feel like a champion yourself.
0: Yeah, remind me which it was the IPA that won, wasn't it? Uh, well, so no. it was,
1: we had the IPA there, and we also had the
0: Bricklayer Blonde. The Bricklayer Blonde is the winner, um, winning but, one. But right? well, no,
1: we won as brewery, so brewery. it wasn't necessarily a specific beer. Oh, I'm all um, mixed
0: up. Oh, I know what it was. It, I was drinking the Bricklayer Blonde. Okay, when the announcement was made, there. So you go. in my head, that was the championship beer. And that's that's delicious. Is that a regular uh, tap handle at Trade Brewery? It is, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. Oh. that'll
1: most likely be a staple. That's we call that the bridge beer, kinda kinda brings people in that maybe aren't craft beer drinkers. It's nice and light, easy it's to drink.
0: Light, yeah. well made. Yeah. I remember it was a nice warm day. It's just I was eating barbecue, it hit yep. exactly what I needed at that time. Nice. <laughs> so it was delicious. All right. So you're you're open every
1: day of the week? We're open seven days a week. We open at eleven thirty every day. Uh, right now, we're open till nine Sunday through Thursday, ten o'clock on Friday and Saturday. All
0: right, Go get, a, get And a we beer. do serve
1: food as well. A lot of people uh, have ah. come in hadn't didn't know that, but yeah, we've got a nice selection of bar snacks and some paninis, a couple of nice entree salads if you're interested. Which
0: people maybe don't associate with beer, but they're they're delicious. Wonderful. Yeah. good to know. Let's get into this uh, athleticism of yours. You're one of these. You're one of these dudes that likes to just push himself, the, the, an endurance athlete? Uh, I like a little bit of pain, yeah. Apparently so. You ha- yeah. you, you have to, to do these types of things. Triathlons, marathons. Yeah. And yet you're a, a beer drinker, too, so yeah. that gives hope to a lot of Well, folks. that's why
1: that's why I, I kind of started doing some of this stuff, because I realized if I just drank beer, I was going to weigh 400
0: pounds, <laughs> so I needed to do something to offset that. I think it's good PR for your beer business, though. Like, you know, Derek McClintick, beer drinker and Marathon runner, <laughs> triathlon <laughs> champion. So, what what are some of the competitions you've been involved in? So, so
1: just to give a little bit of a backstory, me and a couple buddies were sitting around. This was probably about three or four years ago, drinking beer, and uh, <laughs> somebody else? somebody somebody says it was probably me, but I'm just going to say somebody okay. says, "Hey, we should do one of those tough mud mud runs events." Oh yeah, and you know we were all a little inebriated at the time and thought it was a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. So we registered for this event, which was about three or four months <laughs> out. So I woke up the next day with this realization that I did not want to be the weak link in this group. (laughs) So I just started running. I was out of shape, badly out of shape at the time. And I just started running and uh, I fell in love with it and and just been running ever since. And so it was just sort of one of those things. We did the mud run. We had a great time. And then it was kind of like, well, what's next? Signed up for a marathon, did that. You know, it's kind of like, okay, now what? Had a buddy who was doing triathlons. So he introduced me to that sport. And that's really been been a a fun thing my son's gotten into it now we've competed in a couple together wow that's Um, great yeah so it's just it's just been a lot of fun it's brought it's kind of a a family thing Uh, my daughter actually who's 11 uh, or was 10 last year did her first one last year so yeah it's been a it's been a lot of fun I did a for my first half Ironman last year wow and then we'll see maybe a full Ironman down the road
0: wow well I'll drink to that yeah so I've got to ask you Derek McClintock athlete entrepreneur (laughs) do you go nuts for donuts (laughs) i i love a good donut (laughs) well we've got some right here we've got this nice pink box i'm going to put in front of you and what i'd like you to do if i can get the tape off let's do a good job packaging these things here we go open that up take a look oh man what do you see is there something there that speaks to you one particular
1: is this a a trick question or i mean not at all No, Uh, you you, you get to keep it. There looks like some kind of maple old-fashioned here. That would probably be my choice for sure.
0: What? That's it. That is, I'd say, well above 95% now of our guests go for the maple old-fashioned. Really? So here's your assignment right now. Thirty seconds. Tell me which one of the trade beers you would pair oh, with that, and why.
1: Absolutely. So I would I would pair the uh, eighty acre imperial stout. As a wine guy, you probably know this. You know, one of the the simplest concepts around pairing food and beer is to pair things that are that are uh, similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stout, obviously, it's a big beer. It's about eight eight point nine percent. So there's some residual sugar in there. So the the sugar in the donut's going to help balance that out. But yeah, I think I might take this with me and, and enjoy that later for lunch.
0: Is that on so, handle right now?
1: It is, yeah, absolutely. We just tapped it about a week ago. It's phenomenal.
0: I'm going to give you a ring because I'm going to come in with more of those maple donuts. We're going to sit down and try that out. I like it. That sounds good. Now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. That's right. Derek McClintock, brewer, restaurateur, entrepreneur, athlete, donut lover. You know how this game goes. I do. You've you've got kids. You probably played this as a kid yourself. This is our Mad Lib style fill fill-in-the-blank word game. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. Let's go. I need an adjective. All right. Uh, let's go with gross. <laughs> gross. Right on. A plural noun. In this case, things more than one thing.
1: Um, let's do. Uh, let's do clowns. Clowns seem to be hot
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> hot clowns. Okay. A uh, plural noun. How about acrobats? Acrobats and clowns. I see where your mind is. Well, circus theme going circus on. Circus boy. A uh, a possessive noun, or you could call us a plural noun. We'll make it possessive. How about synchronized swimmers? <laughs> I have a story about that. I'll have to tell on the off the show. air, maybe. No, no, I was on a team, and we won a big champion, and who knows? I'll tell that story someday. An adjective. Let's do. Let's do hairy. Hairy. It's like the old schoolhouse rock. He was a hairy bear. He was a scary bear. (laughs) Remember to teach you about adjectives? Okay. Another adjective. All right. Lots of adjectives here. Uh, Yes. Let's let's do funky. That's good when you're a a chef. Like a funky beer. A funky, like a funky beer. Okay. It's a good one. Feeling a little funky right now. Looking at Mr. Lauren Mole over there, the king of Napa (laughs) Funk. Is that official? The king of Napa funk? He's having a bit of an allergy attack over there, so I got the thumbs up. Another plural noun. If you need to go get a tissue or something or cough or sneeze, feel free, Lauren. We'll be all right. Uh, Another plural noun. Plural noun. um, How about baseball bats? Baseball bats. And finally, one more plural noun. Let's see. Uh, Let's do koala bears. (laughs) Koala bears. That's cute. Okay. Derek McClintock of uh, Jack's White Mule Diner and Trade Brewing. A little earlier, I went on the old internet. Oh, no. And uh, I found an article from the Napa Valley Register that came out, uh, well, looks like just last week, about trade brewing (laughs) that you were quoted in. And you've just rewritten part of this article right now via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Napa's beer scene has grown again with the opening of a new tap room, the blue-collar-tinged trade brewing. So far, so good. (laughs) Thank you. Indeed. We try to give you that false sense of security right up front. We're going to lull you into this and then whammo. Okay. Here it comes. The Trade Tap Room now serves not only as a gateway to the gross Oxbow District. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. You have the Chamber of Commerce on you for that one. But as the latest play in an ongoing bid among local clowns to impart craft beer credibility <laughs> <laughs> on a region far more synonymous with acrobats. That's true. That is true. Yeah, man. That Oxbow and Napa Valley is just crawling with acrobats. <laughs> Though McClintock lauds the experimentation he sees across the industry today when it comes to the beers of trade, a synchronized swimmer's appeal takes a, a priority. <laughs> that is definitely a, a market we're, we're focused on. I know. We talked about earlier about the broad appeal. Yep. Who needs that? We're just targeting synchronized <laughs> swimmers with this beer. <laughs> All right. Now, here's a quote directly from you, sir. I kind of looked back on when I started drinking beer and why I started drinking beer. And what draws me to craft beer? He said.
1: Sorry, is that are you? Is that an accent? Are you impersonating me? There? This, no, okay. I'm just giving you some crowd. toss. Oh, okay. I was
0: just. I'm turning on the announcer voice. Okay. Since we're on the radio, so um, okay. So I started drinking beer, and what draws me to craft beer? He said. A lot of it is just. This is what drew you to beer. Just to back up, okay. A lot of it is just hairy beer. <laughs> Like funky styles of beer. That's funny because you said funky. (laughs) That that, that one actually works a little bit. Beers that are brewed, I don't want to say by the book, but beers that are very approachable by baseball bats. (laughs) 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 You have to approach with a baseball bat. Simply put, and here is your final quote, sir. We want a beer that koala bears want to drink. (laughs) You know, that's legit right there. That's it? I just want to clarify there is zero hair in any of our beers. (laughs) I don't know, man. You've got a big beard going on right now. You're telling me not one. Okay, no. I'm sure it's all screened. You probably wear a a beard protector. Yeah, when there's you're a around... name for it. I can't remember what it yeah. is. Derek McClintic, Trade Brewing. Is there a website? There is. It's just uh, tradebrewing.com. There you go. Thank you very much yeah, for Thanks coming. for having me. I appreciate Ple- it. Pleasure talking to you. I'll see you at the tap room. Sounds good. This is Lauren
2: Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gilamar production.
0: Judd's Napa Valley
2: Show.